Well, I guess we can start with some good news in this one, Miss Julia Kreutz. Uh, some, uh, mostly, I guess that Alejandro Kirk is playing at a level, dare I say, unmatched across all of baseball, at least right now, right? I mean, perhaps no hitter is playing at a hotter level after a four-hit night that was topped by a two-run jack. And uh, we heard the news during the broadcast coming down from the Blue Jays, from Arash Madani of Sportsnet as well, that despite leaving the game in the seventh inning after being hit on the left hand by that Jonathan Davis backswing, and I, I mean, you know, that's just unfortunate. I clearly, I don't think anyone thinks that Davis did that on purpose. He he looked immediately. He looked back and was like, oh, my gosh, right? So I don't think anyone thinks anything negative of that. But the x-rays did come back negative, which is great to hear. Maybe he experiences some swelling, I would imagine, or what have you at worst. But it, it is uh, some initial good news after what was a worrying moment. Yeah, and uh, again, we've, we're talking about precaution, right? And, right. And, and and how cautious this team is. That has been a sort of an imperative word with the Blue Jays. Of course, when you have an eight or a or a seven run lead or whatever it was uh, when Kirk exited, it makes it really easy for you to be for you to be cautious and good thing too, right? When you're talking about a hitter that is doing as well as Alejandro Kirk is right now, you you certainly don't want to take any unnecessary risks, especially when you have someone like Gabriel Moreno just waiting. Uh, on the bench, it's uh, it's really a no-brainer. But only the fact that, you know, Alec Manoa was tossing some balls um, right after the, he, he got hit there. Kirk got hit, and Kirk seemed fine. I would imagine that there's some soreness. I mean, you can't really expect anything different. Yeah. It will hurt when you get hit by a wooden bat. But uh, definitely good news for the Blue Jays, and uh, they continue to be cautious. That is just uh, That's just the philosophy of this team. Alejandro Kirk, uh, apparently okay, but we'll wait to see if Charlie Montelio says anything different in his post-game presser as we uh, welcome you to Jays Talk across the Sportsnet Radio Network. Show Ali and Julia Kreutz with you as the Jays win 9-4 to over the Brewers to kick off this three-game set. I guess, I mean, obviously, Alejandro Kirk is going to be the topic du jour anytime you hit four, four hits, including a home run, and then an injury on top of that, or a potential injury. That's the kind of where we're going to start, certainly. And we're going to talk more about Alejandro Kirk here. But of course, you can text us at 590-590. Leave your name and locations. We can give you a shout out on the air. You can also give us a call at 416-870-590-1-888-666-590, star 590 on your cellular device. Alec Manoa has another fantastic start, a six and two thirds, five hits, two runs, both of them earned, three walks, six strikeouts. The one home run he allowed was to Tyrone Taylor. He threw 106 pitches, 68 strikes, ninth win of the year. And he is now nine and two on the season. Uh, I mean, Julia, I, I don't think he was, he wasn't at his sharpest, I would say this evening, but at the same time, and he, I think my favorite Manoa moment of the evening, and it's something we have seen multiple times over the course of his his young career here with the Blue Jays, was after he got the the second batter of the sixth inning, He, you could see Montoyo come out from the dugout. So again, we're in baseball control. We have the, the kind of sat feeds that then get fed, the clean feed that then gets fed to sports and televisions. And then we have the bullpen cameras. And there's like a, a camera that allows you to see, I guess it's like a fixed in between the upper level and the lower level of various like stadiums or what have you. And you can see the dugouts on either side. And as soon as Manoa got that batter, you can see a teeny little figure walk out of the dugout and 
I don't know. At this point, I feel like you're pretty familiar that Charlie Montoyo is not going to mess around with that kind of stuff. And you can see, even on the little tiny little broadcast, this uh, ant-sized Manoa wagging his finger. And, uh, I mean, that hey, that's what Manoa does. He will fight and argue until they until like, they literally take the ball out of his hand, which is what I love. And props to him for doing so and for keeping that competitive spirit alive, obviously with the top of the lineup coming up and Christian Yelich on deck that was never going to happen. I don't think him at 106 pitches. And like you said, maybe not at his sharpest, not uh, the deception was there, but not at the level that we are used to with him. But I think that with Manoa, there has been some frustration, especially after that Yankees outing, you know, maybe he was a little hard on himself and didn't really perform to, to what he knows that he's capable of just seeing him bounce back here. And he was laughing. He was joking around even when he was wagging his his finger uh, as Charlie Montoyo came out, he was laughing at at Charlie and, and, and just going, oh, I wanted one more, I wanted one more. Right. And, he, and you saw that, you know, it, it's definitely who he is and it's it's what we've come to expect from him. And, you know, props to him for, for staying consistent, not only on the mound, but also personality-wise. It's pretty incredible to see. Uh, but that was really never going to happen, not with uh, former MVP Christian Yelich coming to bat. Yeah, you see, um, whenever whenever Montoyo comes to take him out or whenever he has a bad, uh, like a, you know, he lets a guy get on base and he kind of looks like, it, he it reminds me of Max Scherzer in the sense that he like kind of mutters into his glove like a maniac. And I mean, Mad Max, he's called that for a reason. He just very much reminds me just in his in his demeanor sometimes on the mound of, I mean, of I've at least contemporary pitchers. Is, is, uh, he kind of reminds me of Scherzer. Uh, and it's very, uh, very uh, hashtag on brand from a Noah to uh, to do that kind of stuff <laughs> as we have seen in his um in his young career. Uh, real quick, Adrian Hauser final line: six innings pitch, nine hits, five runs, all of them earned, one walk, three strikeouts. Um, this is how Brewers fans I bet felt about Hauser after the start. You got a lot of nerve showing your face around here, Hauser. <laughs> I can resist. I'm sorry. Amazing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. I can resist. But you're uh, forgiven, <laughs> Adrian Hauser. I mean, it's unfortunate, right? Because Hauser on the Brewers side of things. He, you know, he's not going to factor into too many decisions when a rotation usually will have guys like, I mean, Corbin Burns is pitching tomorrow. So Blue Jays fans will see an ace like Corbin Burns up a close and personal, right? We're going to see him tomorrow night. Uh, but, you know, there are three guys, and, and Ben Wagner talked about this during the broadcast today, three guys on the IL right now, Aaron Ashby, Freddie Peralta, and Brandon Woodruff. Now, Woodruff, I believe, is, is in a, doing a rehab start, so maybe he's going to come back onto the Major League roster for the Brewers next week, but it does mean he missed this series. Aaron Ashby was placed on the 15-day IL with, with, I believe, left forearm inflammation, and that was just a couple days ago, so he obviously is not going to pitch in this series. And Freddie Peralta, again, as Ben mentioned, uh, a shoulder impingement, I believe. And I remember I was actually doing a pitching change during one of these games when he was taken out of the game. And I remember watching the highlight and he came out, I want to say like mid AB. So, I mean, he might miss a significant amount of time based on, I mean, those kind of injuries are never good. Right. So yeah, that's it, never a good sign. Mid AB, never a good sign. It, it just, I guess it just speaks to how injuries can in a very short period of time decimate even teams that have a, a pretty good position of strength. And look, the Blue Jays are experiencing that right now. Yeah. Uh, the fact that Jimmy Garcia is now on the 15-day IL, the fact that Ross Stripling is now a starter because Hyunjin Ryu is hurt and is having season-ending surgery, it means that the the bullpen is depleted. And we saw that today with Jeremy Beasley, um, you know, pitching 
one inning of three hit two run ball and in and, and making this game a little more interesting for Brewers fans fans there at the end, forcing Adam Simber to come into a certain spot uh, that, you know, maybe the Blue Jays wouldn't wouldn't want uh, Adam Simber pitching in a game like this, uh, sort of a runaway game that eventually kind of became a little close, a little tight. I don't know. And so it is very quick that uh, a position that is a strength will become a weakness for a team. And and, and that's sort of what we're experiencing right now uh, with the Blue Jays bullpen. Well, so Jeremy Beasley, I guess he, I guess Grielich, uh scores, or he I gets an RBI single, Narvaez scores on that play, and the bases were loaded. Jeremy Beasley loads the bases in the top of the ninth inning. So Simber, Simber, uh, you know, he gets. Uh, I guess the the force out with the the Adamas force out is not charged to Simber. It was charged to Beasley. So when you look at the statistics, it'll show no runs earned or otherwise for for Simber after an outing like this. But I, I was talking with you about this during the game. Simber, he, I find him so interesting because if there is a guy on third, and this is something we've talked about about the bullpen. Gosh, I feel like all season is, and and it's only more pronounced with guys who are injured, but just not a lot of swing and miss stuff from this bullpen, right? A lot of these guys give up, give up contact ground, con, ground balls and so on. And Simber, as good as he has been, he is firmly in the circle of trust for me when it comes to relievers. If there is a guy on third base and there's less than two outs, that guy probably more than more often than not is, is scoring essentially. Right. And again, it's not because Simber is bad by any means, but I don't know if I honestly don't know if it's because of the way he throws or just the kind of pitcher he is as consistent as he has been in a couple of blow up spots. You're not going to blame too much over the course of a long season. It's going to happen to virtually every reliever, I would say. But I mean, look, Clay Holmes gave up two runs and the Yankees almost blew game just a couple of days ago. Right. So, and again, it's very out of the ordinary for someone like him, but it still happens to the best pitchers in the world. Um, so it'll, it'll happen to Adam Simber, but uh, it just, I find it interesting because he's probably one of the better relievers on this team. And he is still, he's still kind of, he finds himself in that position on occasion, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Not a lot of velocity there. Right. And, uh, like you said, just the way that he throws the pitches that he throws, he's, uh, generating weak contact, getting guys to pop up, getting guys to fly out, but you're right. Uh, Maybe the strikeout potential isn't there. And that is a problem with this bullpen. Um, The Blue Jays need a guy that can come in, get a quick three outs, maybe a couple of strikeouts. That's what's missing. And uh, this, if this team still has World Series aspirations, that is the place to start uh, at the trade deadline. The nice thing about tonight's game is that Simber only threw six pitches. Three of them were strikes. So I would imagine he is available tomorrow. Um, and I mean, if he's not used tomorrow, I'd imagine he's available on Sunday as well. So I, at the very least, despite him appearing in this ball game, we'll probably, if I had to guess, see Simber at some point this weekend. And, uh, as well, Matt Gage, I'll, I gotta say, I've said this before, but I continue to be impressed by someone who is, who's kind of viewed as a journeyman reliever. And in, in the sense that he, he's what, 29 years old. And he only got called up to the big leagues for the first time. I forget if it was in that Kansas City series, but still, he, uh, he he hasn't played a whole ton in his major league career starting this season. And uh, two outs today, he played uh, two-thirds of an inning. He had a walk and a strikeout. Only threw 12 pitches. Again, Beasley threw 36 pitches. I think we kind of know what Beasley is at this point. Maybe we also know what Matt Gage is at this point as well. But I 
I'm not quite at the point where I'm going to say Gage is in the uh, circle of trust here, but maybe he's like knocking on the door of the outer circle of trust. Making his case, for sure. He's making his case. Obviously, this is a very small sample size. He's pitched one or sorry, eight and a third innings so far with seven strikeouts, 1.08 ERA and an 0.72 whip. That's not what what I expected yeah, to see yeah. from Mac Gage. I, I I certainly didn't expect him to do this well right off the bat. Like you said, his first major league call up, his first major league appearances, he's actually doing pretty well. And when you look at you know a banged up bullpen and you need guys to maybe pitch in high leverage situations, Gage is uh, slowly making his way into those spots. Yeah, I mean, look, Julia, uh, before we hit the break, I mean, you look back to Chicago and it was the game that went 12 innings and he he pitched out of necessity, not necessarily because the Blue Jays were like, well, we got to get Matt Gage out there to put out some fires. But at the same time, I mean, I think I I forget exactly what point it was in the ballgame might have been the bottom of the 10th or bottom of the 11th. But he came in and he struck out Jose Abreu with the game on the line. He struck out Abreu to keep the game going. That is very impressive, right? I got to say, I mean, I, again, circumstances are what they are. Am I am I arguing for Gage to be the first guy out of the bullpen when there's like, uh, you know, one out and a guy on second and third? No, no, that's not what I'm saying. But at the same time, I think he has uh, exceeded expectations considering you kind of thought he'd just be a guy when in like the lowest of leverage situations. And good on him. Good on him, too, yeah. because there are some open spots in this bullpen right now. There's question marks and, and things that need to be addressed. And the more the more he pitches like he did today, like he did in that Chicago series, uh, the better he'll be for it. And, and, you know, he's making his own opportunities right now. That's for sure. You're listening to Jay's Talk here on the Sportsnet Radio Network. We're going to step aside. When we come back, we will get to the text line at 590-590, name and location. Still some time to shoot us a text or two. We'll chat some more about Alejandro Kirk. And I want to get to Kevin Biggio, who hit another home run today, his second in just a couple of games. So all that straight ahead on Jay's Talk, Show and Julia on the Sportsnet Radio Network. 3-2. Biggio soars one out to deep right field. Back goes Taylor at the wall. It is gone. Kevin Biggio smokes one to the seats in right field. And Toronto in front 6-1. to one. That is Ben Wagner with the call of Kevin Biggio's second home run of the season. As we welcome you back to Jay's Talk across the Sportsnet Radio Network. Show and Julia with you for a couple more minutes as the Jays win 9-4 over the Brewers. To kick off this three-game set, Alec Manoa goes six and two-thirds. He allows five hits, two runs. Both of them earn three walks and six strikeouts. He grabs his ninth win of the year, nine and two. A very good season for Alec Manoa as one of the better young pitchers, dare I say, across all of Major League Baseball. Um, I do want to continue talking about Kevin Biggio, but first, let's get to the Bet365 standings update. With Bet365, you can watch thousands of live games Build your own bet, and you can even make a bet while the game's still being played. 19-plus, play responsibly, Ontario only. I actually did that during the uh, White Sox series and uh, made a little bit of money. So thank you very much, Bet365. Okay, let's check in on these standings. Uh, The Yankees actually were the only team in the AL East to lose tonight. They lose 3-1 to the Astros. The Rays walked off the Pirates 4-3 in 10 innings. The Red Sox beat the Guardians 6-3, and the Orioles beat the White Sox 4-1 in Chicago. So this is how the standings shake out right now. The Yankees are still far ahead of everyone else, 52-19 on the season. With tonight's win, that was Toronto's 40th win of the year. They're 40-30. They are 11.5 games back of the Yankees. The Red Sox with their win are 40-31. So they are a half a game back of the Blue Jays. 
The Rays are 38 and 32. They are two games back and the Orioles are 33 and 39. They are, they are I believe, eight games back of the Blue Jays right now. So uh, I guess I believe right now the Red Sox occupy one of the one of the other two, I guess, one of three, one of the other two uh, wildcard spots, and uh, the Blue Jays occupy one as well. So, hey, I mean, there's a real possibility, Julia, that come the end of the season, all three of the American League wildcard spots could come out of the AL East, which is crazy. I mean, considering how last season ended, I wouldn't be surprised at all. We, we saw that that was... Uh... <laughs> That was quite the electric finish, and uh, you expect you would expect nothing else from the uh, from the AL East, especially in a year like this when uh, a lot of teams are looking really good. Yeah, and I mean, look, even outside the AL East, Cleveland has looked pretty good, better than I'm sure a lot of people expected. Yes, right. In a year like today, they're 36 and 30. So, and the, tw- the Twins doing more than treading water; they're 39 and 33 after tonight, right? Certainly. So, uh, a lot of a lot of action uh, this year in the American League, but that's our quick check of the uh, Bet Three Six Five standings update. Okay, so Kevin Biggio, we heard the home run, uh, his second home run of the year off Trevor Kelly in the seventh inning, and again he hit that two run home run in the top of the ninth back in Chicago. I guess that was on Monday. Uh, the Jays did fall short. I gotta say he's doing very well in the ninth spot in that batting order. And I think that's probably where I like to see him. Generally speaking, like Tapia has been hot, lots of extra base hits in the past 20 games. Not great tonight, certainly, but overall Tapia has been very good. Chapman doing a little bit better. He had the three run RBI, uh, three RBI double earlier in the ball game to, to break things open here against Adrian Hauser in the second inning. Uh, so when guys like Biggio come in this lineup, there are not a lot of spots for guys like that. But as a self-described super utility player, I got to say, Julie, I've liked what I've seen from Biggio as of late. Okay, so this is not updated, but I actually pulled up his numbers just for the month of June. Okay. Uh, so entering today, he had a home run, a triple, five doubles for 12 hits uh, in the month. That's uh, 15 games, I want to say. Uh Eight RBIs, his average 273 for the season. His average is an even 200, a 407 on base percentage to 500 slugging. So that's a 907 OPS. Wow. He is picking up steam. Uh, I don't know if, you know, coming off uh, injuries, we, we know that Kevin Biggio had a, a tough year last year as well. It took him a little bit longer to sort of find his footing and and be the player that he can be. He's there now. He just hit his second home run of the year. He eclipsed his hardest hit ball of the season by a little bit with this home run. It was 104.2 off the bat. It's it's like vintage Kevin Biggio in a weird way, you know? I know he's a very young player. Right. But we've seen this from him before and now we're kind of seeing it again for the first time in 2022. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. And hey, I mean, I, kudos to everyone who texted in and called in when he was really struggling to start the year before Espinal had really seized control of being the everyday second baseman because the year kind of started with those guys being the platoon at second base. And, and Biggio struggled. There's no doubt about it. And people texted in on the text line saying stuff like, hey, Biggio needs to go down to Buffalo. He needs to kind of get his head right. He needs to practice a little more. He needs to do this, needs to do that. And they did send him down to Buffalo. I know he had the COVID stint as well, but they did send him down to Buffalo. And he came back looking a little refreshed. Like He looks better. He looks a little bit more spry, perhaps, which again is weird to say about a young player. But hey, it clearly worked for him. And he seems to have really accepted his role as a, again, a quote unquote, super utility player. So I think that's always... um 
that's always really positive to see. So we'll see where where his spot in the batting order uh, shakes out tomorrow and for the rest of this Brewers series. Um, before we we only have a couple minutes left here, Julia. So I do want to get to one text here. Um, Jeff from Barry texts in at five ninety five ninety, saying, "I personally think the lineup is fine. One one of the best in the league." Uh, when it comes to pitching, though, if you could acquire a stud starter or bullpen arm for a playoff push, who would it be? Who would it be? That's something we kind of talked about in the pregame show, but I'm curious. Like, Are there any names that jump out to you? Let's let's say in the starting rotation. Let's say if you could push Stripling back to the pen or maybe they do that with Kikuchi or something. I don't know. Whatever it is. Is there a name that stands out to you that you would like to see as a Blue Jay come, after, come the day after the trade deadline? I'm very interested interested to hear your okay. answer to that as well. <laughs> a name that fascinates me is Luis Castillo from the Reds. Oh, that's going to be mine. Uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. There you go. Ross Atkins. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> no, really. Um, I think that the Blue Jays can actually get a deal done. I think it would be beneficial for both clubs, considering the type of trade chips that the Blue Jays have in their farm system. And Luis Castillo is a stud. He's a guy that can get outs. He's a guy that can get uh, swings and misses, which is something that we were talking about that this staff is lacking a little bit. And most of all, it would be an electrifying ad. It would be a jolt of energy for a team that's trying to, to sort of solidify that playoff slash World Series push. Uh, sorry I went first and I stole your pick. <laughs> Hey, Luis, Luis Castillo, we saw him firsthand when uh, the, the Cincinnati Reds came to the Rogers Center when uh, Joey Votto came as well, and he was very, very good. If I can't pick Luis Castillo, I'm going to say Pablo Lopez. My pie-in-the-sky pitcher is like Sandy Alcantara, but, I mean, he's never getting traded. That guy's going right. to probably play for the next 10 years in Miami. So if you could get one of the Marlins pitchers, I'd like Pablo Lopez. Young guy, ERA around 2.6. I believe he has five or six wins on the season. Pablo Lopez, that's one Miami pitcher I I would like for them to pry away from the Marlins and bring to Toronto. And again, a tremendous strikeout potential. He is a strikeout machine, has been his whole career. Again, would be a very exciting addition for sure. A lot of good names uh, in the market as uh, sort of the contenders and the pretenders uh, get, get weeded out. Should be an interesting trade deadline for the Jays. Oh, yeah. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, too. I think uh, speculating about bullpen arms and uh, starting rotation arms that could be added to the Jays at the deadline, always fun. Uh, that's Julia Kreutz from MLB.com. That does it for Jays Talk tonight. Appreciate the calls and the texts, as always. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, served up by the always game-ready Jack Links Meat Snacks. Feed your wild side, baseball fans. The Jays win 9-4 to over the Brewers in Milwaukee. And tomorrow, Yusei Kikuchi heads to the mound for the Jays. Corbin Burns will go for the Brewers. Julia and I are back tomorrow evening for more Jays Talk following the game. Have a wonderful Friday evening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.